Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Please like, share, and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts across the Big Blue View Radio network. All right, your five and nine Giants are getting ready for a Christmas Day game against the Philadelphia Eagles, getting ready for their final stretch of the 2023-2024 season. And uh, here to help me talk about some of the storylines for the Giants over the next three weeks leading into what's sure to be a a very interesting offseason is good friend Patricia Traina of Locked On Giants and Giants Country. Patty, how you doing? How you feeling these days? Feeling a lot better after uh, tangling with COVID for a couple weeks, but I'm back. Um, and just, you know, here we are. Let's let's do it. Yep. And you and I, you know, we're you've been sick. I've been sick a little bit. I'm 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 standing up to do this show because my back is killing me. I think two weeks of two weeks of coughing has destroyed my back. And uh, so we're we're both still playing hurt a little bit, but uh, but so we're also both getting old. You had to remind me, didn't you? You had to remind me. I did. Sorry. That that's all right. You know, I (laughs) one of these days, one of these days, I'll realize that I'm old and I'll retire. But (laughs) not not quite yet, Patty. Not quite yet. You're not rid of me quite yet. Because who who would I bust on if you retired? I don't really. You're older than I am. Who would I have to bust on? I don't know. Because Canavan, Tom Canavan from AP, who's who's older than both of us, is he's probably going to retire first. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could always bust on Dottino. Well, yeah, but what fun is that? Yeah, you're right. It's too easy. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Anyway, (laughs) Patty, let's uh, let's talk Giants. Let's talk storylines for the rest of the year last three weeks of the season. And and that, of course, the storylines start, of course, with Tommy DeVito. And, you know, Brian Dable said the other day that DeVito will remain the starter, said he's earned the right to remain the starter. And I agree wholeheartedly with that decision. There's really no point at this point in doing anything other than starting you know, Tommy DeVito my question, do you agree with that decision? And when you look at DeVito, you know, everybody wants to know what can he be? What, you know, what is he? What can he be? Can he be a QB one? Can he be just a Q? Can he be a Q, a good QB two? I honestly, I don't see QB one. I see the possibility of a QB two. I see a guy that can stick around on a roster for a while. I'm just curious if you agree with the decision and what you see at this point, you know, for the possibilities with Tommy DeVito. Yeah, I absolutely agree with the decision. I mean, it, it's it's been obvious now for a while that, you know, and, and if you listen to, you know, Dable and, and uh, you know, a few weeks ago, Joe Shane, and it's pretty obvious that they're going to move on from Tyrod Taylor, who was the QB2 um, prior to his injury. So in DeVito, you've got somebody who is younger who doesn't cost as much as, as Taylor would cost and who's got some talent, who's, who's got some, you know, things that they can develop. Now is DeVito a finished product? No, not even close. He still needs to show that he can load the team up on his back and carry them across the finish line. 
Now, people will say, well, he did that against the Packers, but also he had the benefit of a strong defensive performance, which helped. Last week against the Saints, the defense basically, you know, not as effective as it had been during the three-game win streak. And, you know, what happened? The offense just kind of fell apart. So that being said, you know, in DeVito, I do think he has potential to be a QB too. But also remember that Joe Shane said that they're going to address the quarterback, whether it be in the draft, whether it be in free agency, you know, whether it be, you know, un- this is probably unlikely, but they could even maybe look to get a trade. I mean, who knows? But they are going to add to that position. They're going to have to because of the uncertainty with Daniel Jones and when he might be ready to go. And then depending on what they do, where does that leave DeVito? Does that put him at QB2? Does that put him back at QB3? Does that make him the odd man out? There's, so there's a lot that needs to be sorted out. And DeVito in these last three games can basically help to answer some of those questions by you know continuing to play pristine ball security type of ball and showing that he is capable of loading the team on his shoulders when they need to be carried across the finish line. Right. I look at uh, I look at the Green Bay game, Patty, and even the the Green Bay game, DeVito Magic coming back, getting the game winning field goal. Really, that came down to one throw. That was one throw. You know, that was a really nice throw to Wandale Robinson that covered 32 yards of catch and run. To me, you know, DeVito still has a lot to prove. We've seen and we've seen a lot of good things from DeVito. We've seen some warts in terms of how long he holds the ball and 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 maybe a little bit of confusion when he's you know when he doesn't see what he thinks he's going to see on his first read but maybe some of that's experience and maybe some of that comes with with snaps that he's going to get for the next 3 weeks so that's another reason why it's good Patty, before we get off the devito topic i've been trying to come up with a comparison been trying to come up with a with a comp for devito I thought about Gardner Minshew because of Minshew mania and those kinds of things. And it dawned on me today, maybe the comp is Taylor Heineke, who's now in Atlanta. He was with Washington for a while. Maybe the, because, you know, Heineke's a guy who came out of nowhere, played some good football, but he, he's made a career for himself as a, as a backup. And maybe that's the comp. I mean, I don't think we know for sure yet. But that's the the best one I've been able to come up with to this point. Could you also maybe say maybe Nick Foles, although Foles did kind of flame out a little bit there. Could we say Kirk Cousins when he was with Washington? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think I think that's that would be the that would be the pipe dream. That would be the you know that would be the uh, the top end of the spectrum. I'm not willing. To, I'm not ready to go there yet. Right, I think right. That's I think that's that would be the uh that would be the dream. Mm-hmm. You know, but but I'm not ready to go there yet. It just Heineke for me right now is the one I think that that resonates the best. But we'll see. Yeah. I I'm I'm anxious to see what he does over the next uh over the next few weeks. Patty, another guy we have to talk about. And we've talked about him a lot already this year. We have to talk about Evan Neal a little bit. I don't even know at this point if Evan Neal's going to be ready to play. We'll hear more from Brian Dable on Wednesday. I don't know 
what the deal is with Evan Neal. And if they thought this ankle injury was this bad, why wasn't he placed on IR is a question mm-hmm. that 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 I have, which is pointless at this point. But but is there with three games to go, two of those against the Eagles? I would still like to see more from Evan Neal, but he's been out for so long. Is it even fair to him at this point to to run him out there for a couple games? This isn't going to be a situation like with Dexter Lawrence, where Lawrence is on a pitch count coming off of the hamstring injury. If you're going to play Evan Neal, I got to think that you're going to look to play him the whole game and ideally not get into a rotation situation. Now, you know, last week, if you notice, Brian Dable kind of punted on the answer when asked if Evan Neal was healthy, would he go back in the lineup? Now, that could be because he figured at the time, why upset the apple cart? The offensive line was playing, you know, halfway decent. And then, of course, they go out against the Saints and they lay, you know, the goose egg that they did. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, then you now you have more of a justification if you want to make a change to say, okay, you know, we're going to put Evan Neal back in there. But here's the thing, Evan Neal, you know, Joe Shane says he went back and looked at the tape and he saw Evan Neal as, as a tackle. That's old tape at this point. Mm-hmm. He has not developed to, to where, you know, you can, you can say that he's no longer, you know, uh, hit or miss, so to speak. Now, is that on coaching? You can make that case. I mean, I, I've certainly made that case that, you know, the Giants are drafting all these these high, you know, premium picks and outside of really Andrew Thomas, who was kind of established, who's really developed for the Giants on the offensive line, you know? And at what point do you say, okay, is it the talent they're bringing in or is it the coaching? So, you know, but with Evan Neal, at this point, he's not going to be 100%. You're going to put him out there and further ruin his confidence. I, I don't know that that's really the smart way to go. And as far as, you know, why didn't they put him on IR? I haven't quite understood this team's handling of injuries all year long with, you know, allowing guys to play injured, you know, case in point, when Andrew Thomas tweaked the hamstring in the early in the Dallas game, why not get him out of there right away instead of allowing him to make it worse you know, the Graham Gano situation and so forth. So I don't understand that. Um, I'd, I'd love an explanation behind the thought process there, but, uh, you know, what's done is done. Yeah, it's been a strange year for the Giants in terms of decisions in uh, in a number of ways, Patty. And the only other thing I will say about Evan Neal is I'm sure that leading up to the draft, leading up to free agency, everyone will spend a ton of time saying, Oh, he should be a guard, or you know, he you know, he needs another year at right tackle or whatever, and everyone will argue about that. And the only argument that I will make is when I look at it, whichever position that he plays next year, he can't walk into training camp day one with a job. I think no. he has to walk in there, whether he's at left or right guard, or whether he's at right tackle, he has to walk into that situation with legitimate competition and earn the right to play. I agree. And also I think the Giants, Joe Shane, Brian Dable, and whoever ends up coaching the offensive line, whether it's Bobby Johnson or someone else, they've got to be honest with themselves. You know, yeah, great. Go back and look at his tape from college. 
but also consider how did he do when he played guard? Was he maybe better as a guard than a tackle? You know, don't don't say, oh, you know, we're going to live and die with him at tackle just to save face because he was the seventh overall pick in the draft. I mean, that would be foolish. I mean, ideally, yes, you don't want to draft a guy and then have to move him. But if he's not cutting it, it's not the end of the world. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, they did it with Zach Martin years ago. Zach Martin, I believe, was a tackle, and they moved him inside the guard, and he's been an all-pro at guard. So is it really that bad if you get a stud out of, you know, if you turn Evan Neal from a, from a dud of a tackle into a stud of a guard? I don't think that's such a bad thing. No, it's not. And I, I thought for years that was the mistake that the Giants made with Eric Flowers. Mm-hmm. They they drafted Eric Flowers to be a left tackle, and Jerry Reese was going to die on that hill that, that Eric Flowers was a left tackle. And he basically did die on that hill, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And we found out afterwards, you know, in later years that you know, Flowers played decently at guard for a couple of years. So maybe they could have, the Giants could have gotten something, you know, out of Flowers if they had been willing to move him. And And you hope they're not hard-headed about Evan Neal. Yeah. I mean, they could just be saying that to, to you know, not to dent the kid's confidence or, you know, to to put any doubt in his head, you know, which is why I believe, you know, Brian Dable didn't waste any time appointing Daniel Jones to start him once he's healthy. Why put any doubt out there and, you know, discourage them in their rehab or whatever, you know? So sometimes there's some head games involved here. So, mm-hmm. you know, Evan Neal, look, he's a very, I don't know how you find him, but I find him to be, you know, to have a sensitivity, you know, he's very, you know, sensitive. Um, doesn't necessarily mean he's soft, but, you know, I can kind of see where maybe the coaching staff and Joe Shane don't want to, you know, be as upfront or or blunt with their assessment at the risk of maybe undoing whatever it is they've done so far with him. Yeah, not until they have to. Right. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Patty, let's turn to looking at the final three games. And the reality of it is the Giants have played an extremely young roster all season long. You go by, I believe the status called snap-weighted age. 
and the only team in the league playing a younger roster than the Giants has been the Green Bay Packers. And yet, when you look at the last three games, I think you can argue that there are still some young players on this roster who maybe you would like to see a little bit more of. I think we can argue that there's not much point in pushing Dexter Lawrence to play 80 or 90% of the snaps at this point. He's not 100% healthy. He's been on a pitch count the last couple of weeks. So why continue to play him or why try to push him, you know, to play the 85 or 90% of snaps he would normally. And the other, the other one is Saquon Barkley for me, you know, the giants in the middle part of the season, they rode Saquon really, really hard. And this past week, I think he only had nine carries and that was just, you know, got to a point where the Giants just couldn't run and the score dictated that they that they they couldn't even try. But I don't know how much sense it makes to, you know, to give Saquon any of those 25 or 30 touch games the, the rest of the way. So with, with that in mind, I'm just thinking, you know, I've given my list at Big Blue View. I'm just curious if there are three or four young players who really haven't gotten a lot of time that that you would like to see, you know, get more time, you know, based on the roster decisions the Giants have to make this offseason. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Eric Gray. So let's see what he can do on the offensive line. What about Marcus McCaffin? You know, he he started earlier in the year and then he got benched. You know, how far has he come along? Mm-hmm. Put him out there. Could he be any worse at this point than than the guards that they have out there right now? I mean, you know, what do you got to lose? You know, defensively, DJ Davidson and Jordan Riley, two guys you definitely want to see more of. You know, um, we haven't seen a whole lot of, I don't think at any rate, of Carter Coughlin on defense. He's been more of a special teams guy. You know, maybe Javarius Owens, who's been a healthy scratch basically all season long. See if you can't get him in there. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and then if it means putting down Sterling Shepard for a game or two, you know, why not? I mean, you know what you got in Shepard, and I don't know Mm -hmm. if he's even in the long-term plans. So, you know, I would try and get some of these young guys in. But, look, Brian Dable is always going to try to play to win. And that means having the best available players in his estimation available for game day. So as much as you and I may want to see some of these younger players on offense and defense, I don't think they're going to go that route. I mean, technically, the Giants are still mathematically alive for a playoff hunt. We know they're not going to get it because they would need all kinds of funky things to happen for them to to sneak into that, that consideration. But Dable is treating it like, you know, they've got a chance and they do technically, but, you know, I, I don't see him saying, okay, you know what, I'm giving up. So I'm going to just plug the young guys in and, you know, whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. No, at, the, at some point though, you know, at some point you have to, you have to look at what's best for the future. And I do think at some point you have to say, you know, we may have a hole at cornerback next year. So let's see how far Trey Hawkins has come. You know, we may have a hole on the offensive line because who knows if 
if Ashawn Robinson's going to be back or if Raheem Nunez Rochez, you know, will be back next year. You know, we, we may need to see more of these young guys. And, and, you know, as you said, can Eric Gray be part of a rotation at running back? Can he be the number two guy for Saquon or do they still need to go find that guy? So, yeah, so it's, it, it's an interesting balance and you're right. You know, Dable, Dable's going to try to win the games and, and, uh, and I, and I can't blame him for that because he gets judged by wins and losses. Yeah. And, you know, nobody wants, nobody wants double digit loss seasons on their resume if they can help it. Nobody wants five and 12 on their resume if they can help it. So I don't blame him for that. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, it's the regular season. The time to experiment is always in the preseason, which is what they did. The problem is, is, you know, now you're basically out of it. Um, it would be nice to see how these guys are coming along in live snaps. Now, the coaches will probably tell us, well, we see them in practice, so we know how they're coming along. But you and I both know that they cannot simulate game conditions, especially this time of year when padded practices are basically, you know, they're rare. Right. The tempo is rare. You know, the, the practices are 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 the schedule is adjusted because of all these crazy, you know, scheduling of the games. So what what harm would it do to see what you've got and how far they've come along by putting them in game scenarios? But, you know, I, I don't think they're going to do it be, for the reasons I mentioned, and that is, is Dable's going to try and play to win every single game. Absolutely. Patty, let's, let's just – let me just throw one more thing at you. You know, as you look at the next three games, is there anything else in terms of, you know, playing time? We've talked about DeVito. We've talked about Neil. We've talked about some of the younger players. Is there anything else that you really want to see? Anything that will tell you, you know, anything about the Giants going forward, you know, over the over the final three weeks? Well, I mean, they're facing the Eagles in two of the – final three weeks. And despite the fact that the Eagles have had some problems, they've, I think they've lost now what three in a row. They're still a pretty darn good team. They're still, you know, you can still make the, the argument that they're the cream of the crop in the NFC East. I would like to see the giants in these last three games be competitive. If they're getting blown out like they were against the saints, that's not good. That that's, you know, the number of blowout games that the Giants have had this year, not good. That's a step backwards. So ideally, you want to see improvement as, you know, the season goes on. And while improvement is never linear, the Giants seem to be going backwards. And that's alarming. So I would like to see more competitiveness. I'd like to see fewer mistakes. The offensive line, I mean, it is what it is at this point. I don't know if they can get it any better. but you know, certainly I'd love to see them pick up a stunt. I mean, I can't remember the last time they really did that on a consistent basis. So, you know, just I wouldn't say dumb down the offense or the defense, but just be competitive. That's really all I want to see is them be competitive against some of these better teams. And like I said, the Eagles, despite the fact that they've been losing, they're still head and shoulders above the Giants at this point. Right, and the Rams are in the are in the middle of the playoff hunt yep. as well. So, 
three games that are all significant challenges for the Giants. And it, it would be nice if these games are not blowouts by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, Which exactly. way, way too many Giants games have been blowouts by the end of the first quarter or at least the end of the first half already this year. So I would agree with you on that. All yeah, right. For sure. Yeah. All right, Patty. Fairly, fairly quick show today. So uh, I think that I think that'll wrap it up for us. Giants fans, uh, thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.